0: This is Viewpoint with Attorney. This is Viewpoint with Attorney and Author Chuck Chris Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint,
1: here is Chuck Chris
0: the world is in peril, and many are looking toward World War III. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at the direction that things are taking with regard to the Ukraine Russian battle and how it is affecting not only Ukraine and Russia, but how it is affecting the entire world, including the United States of America, the EU, and how it is relating to biblical prophecy. So I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and as you know, or probably know, Vladimir Putin abandoned the landmark nuclear arms treaty with the U.S. right after Joe Biden visited Ukraine. Moscow will pause participation in a 2011 nuclear arms control treaty with the U.S., it's the only agreement between the two great powers limiting nuclear weapon arsenals and that the Russian President Vladimir Putin announced yesterday after President Joe Biden paid a historic visit to Kiev. Yes, right after Biden paid the historic vision, a visit. Now, what did the Russian Times think of that? Well, here's the headline. Joe Biden is making Europe great again. I want you to consider these words. Joe Biden is making Europe great again. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, there isn't anything wrong with that in and of itself. But the rest of the headline reads, for the U.S. Joe Biden is making Europe great again for the U.S. The American president's annual address celebrated Saving the Western part of the continent from the last remnants of independence. In his State of the Union address, Joe Biden referenced Europe several times. According to the Russian Times commentary, Captain America has swooped in to save his Western allies from a horrible fate. Our nation is working for more freedom, more dignity, and more peace, not just in Europe, but everywhere, said Joe Biden. Well, beyond those remarks, what really is going on here? If you take just those remarks, you wouldn't be able to come up with much of a conclusion. It wouldn't seem to make very much sense what's really going on. But today, on Viewpoint, we're hoping to make more sense. War has been catastrophic for Ukraine and and a crisis for the globe, actually. The world is a more unstable and fearful place since Russia invaded its neighbor on February 24th, 2022. One year on, thousands of Ukrainian civilians are dead. Countless buildings have been destroyed. Tens of thousands of troops have been killed or seriously wounded, both Ukrainian and Russian. And beyond Ukraine's borders, the invasion shattered European security. It redrew nations' relations with one another and frayed a tightly woven global economy. The conflict has sparked a new arms race that reminds some analysts of the 1930s buildup to World War II. Russia has mobilized hundreds of thousands of conscripts and aims to expand its military from 1 million to 1.5 million troops. On the other hand, the US has ramped up weapons production to replace the stockpiles that we've shipped over to Ukraine. And France plans to boost military spending by a third by 2030. While Germany has abandoned its long-standing ban on sending weapons to conflict zones and shipped missiles and tanks to Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin had hoped that the invasion would split the West and weaken NATO. Instead, Just the opposite has occurred, and it has reinvigorated NATO, the military alliance, between the Western countries. But who are those Western countries? Maybe that's what we should really be looking at. And I don't mean to give a list of those Western countries, but who are they in general? Who are they in terms of world history? Well, they are the very countries that were part of or made up the Roman Empire, the former Roman Empire and the Roman Empire existed when Christ came to earth the first time to save his people from their sins. And the Roman Empire will exist again when Christ returns. In fact, the prophet Daniel tells us very clearly in his great colossal vision there in the book of Daniel that the final great world empire different from all the other previous empires part of iron part of a clay is most 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 uh, experts uh, believe it's referring to Rome ancient Rome. Well here's the interesting fa- uh, fact about ancient Rome. It may have been ancient but it never totally disappeared in fact rome itself was taken over around 4 to 500 ad by the vatican the bishop of rome that's right the ancient roman empire was taken over by the bishop of rome in fact virtually every practice within the Vatican, within the Roman Catholic Church, coming out of the Vatican, is an, an uh, uh, following the model, actually, of the ancient Roman Empire. That's right. People don't really know this. They don't understand this. But it's very important to understand this because, in a sense, the Vatican represents the modern Rome. It's where the papacy has its roots. Now, we're not talking about the uh, people who happen to be uh, Catholics or might be generally referred to as Roman Catholics. We're talking about a much bigger system. We're talking about uh, the Vatican, which happens to be the smallest geopolitical state in the world, but arguably the most powerful. Because the Pope heading up that geopolitical state is deemed to be the spiritual leader of the majority of the world from the estimation that of, you may disagree with that, but from the estimation of civil world leaders. Therefore, he's the go-to person (laughs) If they want to get approval for something that they want to do at the civil level or geopolitical level, we might say, where do they go? They go to the Pope, and they want his approval because if they get the religious or quasi-religious approval or the ostensible moral approval for the Pope, then they feel free that they can actually uh, commandeer the rest of the people to follow suit, because after all, don't you realize, the Pope has approved this. Therefore, if we look at the picture that is taking place from that perspective, and we see a resurrection of the EU in the form of NATO, what we're really looking at is a resurrection of the ancient Roman Empire, headed by the Vatican and becoming the head of NATO. Welcome back to Viewpoint. We're taking a look at the dynamics that are taking place there as a result of the Russian attack on Ukraine and Ukraine's response, but not just Russia and Ukraine. In fact, we're looking at it from the standpoint of the U.S. Yes, the U.S. is in the leadership role with regard to Ukraine. And this is the reason why, uh, from... The Russian standpoint, they see that the U.S. is a- actually choreographing the, the events with regard to Ukraine from the very beginning. Not since Russia attacked Ukraine, but long before Russia attacked Ukraine, having choreographed, that is, the U.S. through its State Department, choreographing the uh, efforts within Ukraine to sever it completely from Russia so as to join it with NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and thereby create a completely new world order of the Western world, i.e., the resurrected Roman Empire. Is that a little much to handle? Well, we're going to work on that here today on Viewpoint. And again, I'm so glad that you've joined us. Our viewpoint does determine destiny. We have to be very careful about jumping on bandwagons with regard to Russia, with regard to Ukraine, uh, with regard to things that were being told by various leaders. Because, you see, they have—they all have their viewpoints, but their viewpoints are completely disconnected from the Bible. They're completely disconnected from prophecy. They're completely disconnected from God's word and the overall sense of what the Bible tells us is going to happen and why it's going to happen. The Bible actually does tell us that in broad terms. And so here on this program, we attempt to translate this in such a way that we can understand not all of it, but understand the gist of it So that we don't get caught unawares and then, listen, and then realizing how serious these things really are and what their implications are, you and I then will see the light, we'll see the handwriting on the wall, and we will begin to prepare our own lives for the return of Christ. That's where it's all heading, you see. This isn't just about saving America or saving freedom or democracy. In fact, what's fascinating about all of this is just as uh, our president was uh, going over, surprisingly, to Kiev, surprising to Russia, surprising to almost everybody, he goes over there to Kiev, meets with uh, uh, Zelensky. And immediately, Zelensky bans one of the major political parties in Ukraine. Immediately, he bans one of the major political parties in Ukraine. Well, why would he do that? Right when Joe Biden is telling the world that Ukraine is the example for world democracy. Something's wrong with the picture, wouldn't you say? You should see that. We should see. Ukraine bans former president's party. The party of regions was outlawed just a day after Joe Biden praised Kiev's democracy. The party of former president Viktor Yanukovych, Yun- uh, Yun- once Ukraine's largest, was banned on Tuesday by Kiev, a Kyiv court acting at the government's request. In other words, Zelensky is commanding the courts what to do. Does that sound like democracy to you? The law has been used to ban a dozen parties so far. Not just the largest, but a dozen parties. The largest parliamentary opposition bloc was outlawed last June. The Party of Regions was established in 1997 and had grown into Ukraine's biggest political party by 2006. The latest ban came just a day after U.S. President Joe Biden visited Kyiv and compared Ukraine's government to democracy itself. He said Ukraine stands, democracy stands, America and the world stands with Ukraine. So what do you make of banning all opposition parties? Sounds like Russia, doesn't it? Maybe it sounds like worse than Vladimir Putin. So why is it we can so blindly... Go in and support uh, Mr. Zelensky heading up his war against Russia. Maybe it isn't his war against Russia. Maybe in reality, it's Joe Biden's war against Russia. Maybe in reality, it is the Western world's war against Russia. Maybe, in reality, it's actually the resurrected Roman Empire in war against Russia. And I believe that's exactly what's happening. And, you see, it happens incrementally. These things have not happened a turning on a dime. They began uh, back a decade or two ago. In fact, George W. Bush, in 2008 met behind the scenes with leaders in Europe to try to urge them to campaign to move Ukraine into NATO. Now, I'm not saying one way or the other that that was evil, or that that's not the point. The point is, what are the facts, and where are they leading? I'm not attempting to put any kind of a moral... Uh, blanket over anybody's position here. We have to look at the facts for what they are. Then we can look at those facts with regard to biblical prophecy, and then out of that emerges a picture that otherwise we miss because we get caught up with all of the details, and we can't afford to do that. We just can't afford to do that. And so here we're looking with clarity, as much clarity as we can muster, at the actual developments before us. Rick Grinnell, the former acting director of national intelligence in the U.S., one-time U.S. ambassador to Germany, I guess you'd say he was somewhat uniquely qualified to discern what's going on. And so he was looking at the state of the Russian-Ukrainian war. And he was amazed at what was happening in Germany. Just amazed at what was happening in Germany. That Germany now is taking on an approach that is much more favorable to the new world order and Germany being the largest industrial company uh, country in Europe is a big deal. According to Vladimir Putin, he believes that the reason Joe Biden has taken on this uh, r- Ukraine, pro-Ukraine, anti-Russian uh, move in the last uh, year or so is precisely because he believes that Joe Biden wants to unify the Western world for a new global order to completely isolate out Russia, which actually technically is part of Europe. In other words, to put Russia on its heels and everybody else around now, you say, well, isn't that what NATO was for? Well, yes, it was. But there were many nations who were resisting being part of that. Now, the Ukrainian battle, the Russia versus Ukraine, has triggered a whole new set of viewpoints with regard to the Baltic states, the Baltic countries. And now... Countries that heretofore were not even willing to consider being part of NATO are now begging to become part of NATO. In other words, countries that were formerly part of the farthest extension of the Roman Empire, the ancient Roman Empire, are now being brought back into the resurrecting Roman Empire. Now, you may think that's a little strange. If you were to read my book, King of the Mountain, you wouldn't think that was strange, but you haven't read it possibly. In that book, we talk about the merging unions of the world. The first one was the European Union. And then, interestingly, came the Mediterranean Union. When the Mediterranean Union was formed, which added to the European Union, can you imagine what the then head of the uh, EU said concerning that, his observation concerning that? Well, I'm going to give you a, a thumbnail sketch of what he said. He said that what we're witnessing is basically a resurrection of the Roman Empire, the forming of the EU first, and then the uh, Mediterranean Union, the combined of the two, was the resurrection of the Roman Empire. Now, why would he say that? Was he looking at biblical prophecy? Was he looking at the prophecy of Daniel? No, he wasn't. He was just making an observation that that's exactly what was happening. So when the Bible tells us through the prophecy of Daniel that the last great power would be Rome. And people would poo-poo that and say, no, Rome was destroyed long ago. No, Rome was not destroyed long ago. Rome just kind of dissipated a bit. It turned into the Vatican, headed up by the bishop of Rome, the pope, But if you look around the world at the various capitals, for instance, of the nations that used to be part of the Roman Empire, they all, most of them, look like Roman buildings. Just the United States Capitol looks like a Roman building, doesn't it? It doesn't look like a Greek building. It looks like a Roman building. And all of these nations speak what are called Rome languages, Romance languages. That word comes from the word Rome. Whether it's Spanish, whether it's French, whether it's English, all of them are Romance languages. Rome. We have Roman numerals. We have a Roman type of law system. Notice. It may not be exactly what ancient Rome was like, but it's the modern representation of it. And so now, with the unifying of NATO, with all of these nations now that are being brought in that were formerly part of the ancient Roman Empire, the great colossus of Rome is being established for the new great global government order. Now, it's not going to be the only one. You see, Iran wants to build its new world order, a Muslim world order. Turkey, through uh, Mr. Erdogan, wants to build a Muslim world order where Sharia law will rule the world. China wants to build a one world order. Already declared it. Already declared about eight years ago that China will rule the world. Vladimir Putin has the same kind of vision. If you would get a copy of my book, King of the Mountain, you would begin to understand these things with greater clarity. It's a $20 book. Yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call at one 800 save usa. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Israel is being caught up in this. Israel is trying to keep itself separate from the Russian-Ukrainian thing because uh, it's very dangerous for Israel to get involved. Israel's not sending any military support there. They support a democratic-type government, but what they see there is not necessarily what you and I are supposed to be seeing based upon what we're being told by a globalist government. We'll be right back.
1: There is so much more about Chuck Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section...
0: Where is the Russian-Ukrainian battle, war, whatever you want to call it? Where is it going? Well, let's take a look at what some are saying around the world. Former U.S. President Donald Trump proclaimed that World War III has never been closer than it is right now. He said that yesterday. He said we could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. He called on getting rid of the corrupt global establishment that has botched every, every major foreign policy decision for decades. Trump has been sounding the alarm of Ukraine as the catalyst for an impending global war for many months. On Monday at midnight, he sent out this message, quote, If you watch and understand the moves being made by Biden on Ukraine, he is systematically but perhaps unknowingly pushing us into what could soon be world war III. how crazy is that unquote in his newest campaign video trump said we need to clean house of all the warmongers and american last globalists and the deep state the pentagon the deep the state department and the national security industrial complex He said, none of this excuses in any way the outrageous and horrible invasion of Ukraine, uh, which could have never happened if I were your president. Not even a little chance, he said. And, believe it or not, many analysts on the left even, and right, have essentially agreed with Trump's repeated assessments that Putin would not have launched the Ukraine invasion if Trump were still president. Interesting. Interesting. But he's not the only one talking about this. This came from Serbia. Everyone is preparing for war. That's the the quote. In Serbia, they say it's profiting. They're profiting from the arms and ammunition race, but they're worried about NATO encirclement. Serbia's military industrial industry has ramped up production of weapons to keep up with the skyrocketing demand driven by the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, said the president there, uh, Mr. Vucic, yesterday. Vucic said the world is preparing for war. He didn't say his country was preparing for war. He said the world is preparing for war. He said everyone needs ammunition. Everyone is buying everything, anything we can make. It gets sold, he said. Our army and our country have to come first, he said. At least 30% of everything made in Serbia must stay in Serbia. We can only sell what we can spare. Everyone wants to fight, he said. Everyone is getting ready for war. So it wasn't just Donald Trump saying that. This seems to be the increasing sense of our world. Then we go back to Ukraine. From the World Tribune, this headline, World War III, Trump warns Biden escalating conflict. Zelensky's fe- Zelensky fears Russia-China entente. If China were to ally or ally with Russia in its conflict with Ukraine, Zelensky said there would be a world war. He warned about that on Monday. Zelensky's comments were published the same day that Joe Biden made a surprise visit to Kiev, where he pledged another $500 million in American taxpayer-funded military assistance. One year later, Kiev stands, Ukraine stands, democracy stands, says Biden. So Americans stand with you and the world stands with you. Well, but former President Donald Trump was connecting the dots. He said, if you watch and understand the moves being made by Biden on Ukraine, he is systematically, perhaps unknowingly, pushing us into what soon will be World War III. Trump blamed the Biden team for instigating the conflict. Trump accused Biden of escalating the war by sending American tanks to Ukraine. The situation in Ukraine is very dangerous, he said, explosive. And escalating by the day, and Joe Biden's weakness, incompetence have brought us to the brink of nuclear war. Now, Biden is doing what he said 10 months ago would lead to World War III, and that is, he's sending American tanks. He's doing exactly what he said would lead to World War III. On Sunday, U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said... That the U.S. was very concerned that China is considering providing lethal support to Russia. That such a move would have serious consequences in our relationship. That's another euphemistic way of saying it could lead to war. At the same time, this report came, the Ukrainian leader Zelensky is edging Washington towards a world war. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene made this claim after Joe Biden's trip to Kiev. She said Ukrainian President Vladimir, uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky is pushing the U.S. military closer to global conflict. She said Biden didn't go to East Palestine in Ohio on President's Day. He went to Ukraine a non-NATO nation whose leader is an actor and is apparently now commanding our United States military to world war. So Green is insisting that Biden be impeached before it's too late. What she sees is that Mr. Zelensky is becoming like the Pied Piper to lead the Western world, including Joe Biden in his weakness, but his uh, commitment to a new global world order and the Great Reset to follow the Pied Piper over the cliff. That's what she sees. So she says, we've got to get rid of him. He's got to be impeached before it's too late. Trump went on in another place to say uh, he blamed warmongers and American last globalists at the State Department for pushing Ukraine toward conflict. In addition to him warning that World War III has never been closer than it is right now, he said the former president, uh, he, he said he singled out Victoria Newland, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of State for Political Affairs, who he said was obsessed with pushing Ukraine towards NATO. Trump added that Newland and others just like her at the State Department, supported the 2014 uprisings in Ukraine that saw the democratically elected president, Viktor uh, Yanukovych, replaced with Poroshenko, who was supported by the West, who then began a campaign of military repression against his own people. So Trump claimed, I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflicts, adding that we need to get rid of the corrupt globalist establishment that has botched every major foreign policy decision for decades. Notice his emphasis on globalist. That's what we need to understand. This is not primarily about Ukraine. It's not even primarily about Russia. It's primarily about carrying on the final efforts to a one world order. The resurrection of the ancient Roman Empire, which Klaus Schwab, with the World Economic Forum, has uh, euphemistically titled The Great Reset. When John Kerry, who was uh, Joe Biden's uh, environmental czar, declared upon his inauguration that Biden's inauguration was going to be the catalytic step to usher the Great Reset in, What he was really saying was that Joe Biden's inauguration was going to catapult the world, and particularly the Western world, toward the fulfillment of a one world order, a new global government. Now, let's go back to the year 2015. There was a campaign that was in motion for the presidency of the United States. In that campaign, one candidate said, we're going to make America great again. It took on the acronym MAGA. Make America Great Again. Because Mr. Trump contended that he was going to make America great again and that he was going to be in opposition to the globalist agenda to launch a new world order that would merge America with Europe and all the Western enterprises, when he made that clear, there was an uprising in American politics. He was opposed by Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was a consummate globalist. Her husband, Bill Clinton, was a consummate globalist. He even went to the Rhodes, received his training uh, at the the Rhodes Scholarship uh, Group, which was Cecil Rhodes was considered the shall we say, the instigator of the vision for globalism. So both Bill and Hillary Clinton were consummate globalists. Hillary was seen as the banner carrier for all of the globalist enterprises in America, Republican and Democrat. For the State Department, she was their person. This is the reason why, believe it or not, George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st President of the United States, voted for Hillary Clinton. Why? Because he and his whole family have been globalists, including his daddy, including his son, George W. Bush, all dedicated globalists. Now you can understand why Donald Trump has been under such warfare. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like?
1: Click Cell church.
0: Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking about the implications of the Russian Ukrainian uh, situation. Uh, it involves far more than Russia and Ukraine, and it's not just about providing, military equipment or armaments or whatever to Ukraine so they can win the fight of democracy. It isn't really about democracy at all. That's the pretense under which this is being fought. It's not about democracy. If it were about democracy, then Zelensky would not have banned about 10 of the political parties that he didn't like. And the largest one he banned the very day that uh, Joe Biden goes out there and proclaims Ukraine to be the epitome of democracy. No. It's not what you think it is. It's not what people are telling you it is. This is about a much, much, much bigger picture. This is about facilitating the long sought after global government or one world order. It is being used at the military level to push the world and set the world on its final track to become a one world government under a Western elite government that will ultimately result in being led by a counterfeit Christ figure called the Antichrist. I don't know how much more simply to put it. That's what this is about. Things aren't just what they appear to be, friends. When Christians are sucked in by... Messages and so on that give the impression that things are one way, when in fact those those are used as subterfuges to achieve something else, another agenda, which is nefarious and dangerous, and fulfillment of prophecy. You say, "Well, you don't want to fulfill prophecy." No, that's not the point. The point isn't that we don't want to see prophecy fulfilled. We're not just going to go out and try to intentionally bring it about. We need to understand the dynamics that are taking place so that we understand what time it is in history from God's viewpoint so that you and I can prepare our lives, our families, that pastors can uh, prepare their congregations no matter what the cost. Pastors, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and start telling the whole truth. You're going to have to tell the truth that Jesus is coming soon and it ain't going to be a Sunday school picnic in the process. No, you're not going to be out of here before any troubles come. The troubles are already here. It's time to prepare people to be able to stand in the evil day. And then having done all to stand to stand, having their loins girt about with truth, having on, yes, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the whole armor of God. But the people are not clothed with the armor of God in our churches. It's a pretense. They've been lulled to sleep by namby-pamby, milky-toast, uh, bless-me-God religion that has not prepared them to live victoriously when all the chips are down. And it's time that we do that. And a pastor who will not do that is going to bear terrifying consequences on Judgment Day, I believe. Because to whom much is given, much more is required. Leaders are going to bear, uh, I, I just cannot fathom, the responsibility, the judgment that's going to come upon leaders who refuse to obey God, who refuse to prepare the people. You talk about child abuse, friends. This is spiritual child abuse. No, I'm not using excessive hyperbole here. The first place that judgment is going to come is the house of God. Not the pagans. They're condemned already, the Bible said. Jesus said that. John chapter 3. Now, It's time to get ready. When I write a book such as King of the Mountain, which I offered here in the early part of the program today and will offer it again now, $15. dollars will put the $20 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at SAVE-AMERICA-MINISTRIES, po 70879 Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check, and $5 for postage and handling. When I write books like these, and then the one following, Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter? And then the one following that, Messiah, the most recent one, unveiling the mystery of the ages. These books are designed, they're overwhelmingly designed, first of all, to give you the complete picture, God's people, including the pastors, to give them the complete picture of what is taking place so that we're not going to miss it. Then to urge, to prepare, to disciple, to equip, to be able to endure in these difficult times. There's a reason Jesus said he that endures to the end shall be saved. And he wasn't talking about living to the end. He's talking about spiritually enduring. Doesn't give you much of an idea that you're all out of here before any trouble comes. The trouble is already here, my friend. Can you not see it? And it's growing exponentially by the day. Come on, man. (laughs) Isn't that what Joe Biden says all the time? Come on, man. All right. Look, this is continuing on. Next report, the EU is extending a mission now to Armenia. By the way, Armenia was the first Christian nation, uh, formerly Christian nation in the world, Armenia. And the EU mission to Armenia is aiming to push Russia out of Armenia. Armenia is right on the border of Russia. Russia. So the EU now is going around the other side of Russia saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to uh, do what we can in a geopolitical project to uh, uh, target you and bring you in as an ally of NATO. Now, it won't be part of NATO, most likely, but they're trying to get the support of Armenia, Then, as if that's not enough, we look at these two reports. One, because of this war, the world's food security is in peril, as both Russia and China have a stranglehold on the key item for the production of food for the world. You know what that is? Fertilizer. The world relies for most of its fertilizer used to promote crops on Russia and its ally Belarus, or Belarus, and China. And that has alarms going off because of the stranglehold that could give those nations over the world's food. Hmm. So just as semiconductors became a lightning rod for geopolitical friction, so the race for fertilizers now has alerted the United States and its allies, that is the EU, NATO, to a strategic dependency for an agriculture input that is a key determinant of food security, not only in the Western world, but all over the world. So, the report... Explained that who controls fertilizers has become, has been moved to the forefront of the political agenda. If your stomach is full, then you can defend your country, your house, your borders. The issue for the $250 billion global fertilizer industry was complicated last year because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ports were disrupted. Shipping, banking, and insurance are more complicated, meaning ordinary deliveries haven't been reliable. China, a major producer of nitrogen and phosphate fl- uh, fertilizers, is now doing a uh, playing footsie with Russia. Experts are estimating a 20% drop in food production because of the fertilizer industry issues. And you thought... Food was expensive? Consider it. Finally, as if that were not enough, our putative president, globalist Joe Biden, who is seen as the catalytic agent for facilitating the new world order which happens to be the resurrection of the ancient Roman Empire, which happens to be the embodiment, shall we say, of the new global government that will finally rule the world until Jesus comes. And Joe Biden now has done something unconscionable he has signed a draft, a document, which would legally bind all 194 member nations, giving the World Health Organization the authority to declare pandemics and submit member countries to the central role of the World Health Organization as the directing and coordinating authority on international health work in areas like lockdowns, treatments, medical supply chains, surveillance, and disinformation and false news once a pandemic is declared. Well, who's going to declare the pandemic? The World Health Organization. In other words, what Joe Biden has done is given the World Health Organization, he has shifted America's sovereignty and our government control to a world organization that is to provide the so-called health management for the new global order. So, as member states of the World Health Organization, WHO, that is, prepare to gather in Switzerland next week to negotiate the final terms of an accord that would give the WHO centralized authority over U.S. policy in the case of a pandemic. Does this not sound like treason, to me it sounds like it's on the the edge of treason. Or something certainly akin to that. It's serious. And the way they set this up was to try to slip by it being called a treaty, which would require a two-thirds support of the United States Senate. A whole host of Republicans are pushing back. Will it be enough? This is what Democrat globalists and Republican globalists have in mind for you. And it ain't pretty. Ultimately, it'll usher in a counterfeit Christ figure. You'll come in with pretensions of peace until he gains dominion and all hell breaks loose thanks for joining us here on viewpoint get a copy of uh, king of the mountain you might also consider antichrist 22 book we'll put it in your hands it's on our website save god bless and get ready friends take this seriously